everyone. It's Chris Ashley. It's really great to be back with you. Uh, today, I'm really excited because I want to talk about Dolores Cannon. I want to talk about QHHT sessions. And if you have been following me for a while, you might have heard me talk about Dolores' work before or about QHHT. In my book that's coming out called Change Your Mind to Change Your Reality, a little plug, it's available for pre-order right now. Um, I do talk about how QHHT has helped me on my healing journey and just my spiritual journey in general, but I don't actually share the stories of my past lives on there. And I've had some people reach out and ask about them, so I thought it could be a fun thing to share. Uh, there's a lot to remember, so I do have my notes over here on the side. If you see me uh, just looking at them, that's what's going on. Um, so yeah, so I have had two QHHT sessions in my life, and I guess maybe I should back up and explain who Dolores Cannon is for those of you who don't know, and if you're just learning about her, you are in for a treat. So Dolores Cannon was a woman who was married to a hypnotist, and she was uh, practicing hypnosis herself, and they would use the old... Uh, what is it, the pocket watch method where you would look back, follow it back and forth with your eyes and they would help people to lose weight or to quit smoking or just kind of the usual things that people would go get hypnosis for. And then one day they accidentally regressed a patient into a past life. And Dolores ended up developing her own hypnosis technique, which she called QHHT, which stands for Quantum Healing Hypnosis Technique. And she started regressing patients into past lives. And at first, her patients went into past lives on Earth. And then pretty soon, they were being regressed into past lives, uh, interactions with ETs, like abductions. They were remembering past lives as other beings on other planets, in other dimensions. Uh, there's one that I love where it's, it's like a piece of stardust. And... Just amazing, amazing things, like just more than you could ever possibly imagine. And Dolores wrote 19 books, and her books are just her sessions chronicled. They're literally the transcribed recordings of her sessions. So it's like Dolores asks a question, the soul answers a question, and they are fascinating. They are so fascinating. There's a couple about Jesus, because she regressed someone uh, who used to be in a past life a follower of Jesus. There's some about Nostradamus. There's three, I think, about aliens. There's the convoluted universe series, uh, which just go all over the place. And then my favorite one is Between Death and Life. And I talk about that one a lot in my book, where Dolores regressed people into the place between lifetimes. And they're all amazing, and they're all beautiful and wonderful, and I highly recommend you uh, check them out. So Dolores has since transitioned out of this plane of existence, uh, her daughter, Julia Cannon, runs the QHHT website and their Facebook page, and they train people. You can get certified in different levels of QHHT, and you can find a practitioner near you, and that's, that's kind of how my journey started with it. So, and if you are in the Bay Area of California, I highly recommend this woman named Kaya. She is incredible. Little shout out for you, Kaya. So... Let's see, I've, I've had two QHHT sessions now. And the first one, I went in very open-minded. I was just, I had just read a Dolores Cannon book for the first time and I wanted to see what this was all about. I wanted to 
have an experience, see if it would work for me, right? if I could go under hypnosis. And I, I wanted to know what my purpose on earth was. Oh, and I guess I should say that in every QHHT session you get, you get regressed into two past lives. And then the second half of the session, or the practitioner asks your conscious personality to recede and your subconscious to come to the surface. Now, Dolores called this the SC, the subconscious, because she didn't know what else to call it at the time. But really, it's your higher self. It is this all-knowing being. And most people get QHHT sessions to heal from something. Like they're like, hey, I have this disease or this ailment or this phobia or something. And no one in this world can figure out what's going on. Maybe it's related to a past life. And, and what QHHT has found is that oftentimes things carry over from lifetimes and they affect the life you're currently living. And so you need to address those things. And there's been amazing spontaneous, spontaneous and lasting healings from QHHT sessions. It's pretty incredible. So you can ask your, your subconscious, your higher self. I like to call it your higher self. You can ask your higher self or the practitioner can ask your higher self any question you want to know. And oftentimes or all the time, the past lives that you're shown are the past lives that are the most relevant to the life that you're currently living or to the circumstances that you're currently going through. It's not just a random. And you've had an infinite number of past lives. You have been everything. So buckle up. It's a fun journey. So the first session I had, like I said, I just wanted to have an experience and I kind of wanted to know what my purpose on earth was. It was at a time in my life where I was just kind of trying to find my footing a little bit. And the first past life I was shown, I was this man and I was on earth, but I wasn't human. And I had kind of like beige, taupey clothing on and sandals. And it looked like I was in ancient Egypt. And it was this kind of marketplace and it was bustling and there were all these people around. And I was this scientist from another world. And me and my team had come to Earth to run all of these experiments. We were good people. We were the good guys. But we were, we were testing soil samples. We were testing energy. We were observing humans and trying to not interfere in any kind of way. But I remember being really fond of the humans. They were, I don't want to say they were like my pets, but I cared a lot about them. You know, I grew attached to them. We observed them for a long time. Our lives were much longer than theirs. And this was my work and I cared a lot about it. And then one day, this other ET race came and they landed on the other side of the earth and they started doing these experiments with energy that were really, really dangerous. And so my team and I kind of knew what was, what was coming. There was going to be disaster happening. And so we packed up and left for our own safety. And I just remember I was devastated. I was just so heartbroken. And kind of the last scene of that life that I got was I was sitting in our ship and I was kind of looking out the window watching the earth just get smaller and smaller as we flew away and just feeling so incredibly depressed, like my purpose had just been ripped from me and all these creatures I cared about, something terrible was going to happen to them. And it's really interesting because I, I read a lot. <laughs> if you know, if you've been following me, you know, I read a lot. And a lot of 
spiritual teachers talk about something really similar. Drunvalo Melchizedek, who wrote The Ancient Secret of the Flower of Life, which is the book that led to my awakening, talks about how on Atlantis, there was this group of ETs that came and created a fake Merkaba. Now, your Merkaba is your energy field around your body. It looks like a, a 3D version of a six-pointed star, and you're in the middle. So there's big triangle shapes up and down, and it's this it spins, and you there's this amazing meditation you can do that Drunvalo teaches to turn it on. And when these beings were trying to create a false one, they missed the love connection, right? Because there's emotions that go along with this. They were, I think they might have been the greys, but don't quote me on that. But they, they were all about technology, and they didn't, they didn't really have all the elements. They didn't have the love, the emotional element. And they ended up ripping a fabric, like the fabric of like space time, or I don't know, read about it in the ancient secret of the flower of life. It's an amazing book, but it teaches the history of earth in the way that like, you don't know that it existed. It's amazing. But this caused the fall of human consciousness because ancient civilizations were very, very smart. They were more technologically advanced than we were on earth. And then there was this fall of consciousness. And now we're kind of like babies again, and we're relearning and we're reawakening, right? There's an awakening happening. And it's really interesting. And a lot of different people say that some of the survivors of Atlantis went and started ancient Egypt. So I'm like, huh, maybe I was actually in Atlantis, even though it felt like ancient Egypt at the time. And it's interesting because I've always had this really big affinity to ancient Egypt. Like, I just feel very drawn to the culture. I feel very drawn to just, like, learning about it, reading about it for whatever reason. So it's kind of interesting. And actually, Dolores Cannon talks, and some other QHHT practitioners talk about how on Atlantis, there was this other race of ETs that came and created energy experiments that went bad. So it's just very interesting that I had that experience under hypnosis. So... Just look at my notes over here. So after I passed away from that lifetime and I was in the place between lives, I, I learned that there was this call for volunteers, for soul volunteers to come to earth and help humanity and the earth awaken and ascend. And there are so many spiritual teachers out there that talk about this, that there are volunteers. And Dolores Cannon actually wrote a really great book called The Three Waves of Volunteers in the New Earth. That was the first book of hers I wrote, or I read. And it's about how there are all these volunteers coming to Earth, and it's their first time being human, and they are higher dimensional beings, they're more enlightened beings, and they're coming to help raise humanity. They're helping to come usher in the new earth. You might have heard, you know, it's kind of a buzzword now, but 5D or 5D consciousness, we're moving into 5D. Drunvalo talks about how we're moving into um, the fourth step. But either way, it's a very similar thing. Like humanity is ascending. There are people that are going to move, like ascend with the new earth, and there are people going to be staying with the old earth. So nothing's good or bad. It just is, right? We all are on our own path back to source. We come from source. We go back to source. 
I have a lot of videos on that too, if you want more. I'm trying to stay on topic here. So, so me as a soul, I was so heartbroken. I was so attached to those humans. I was so heartbroken and I wanted to help them. So even after I died and I was on the other side, I was like, yes, I will volunteer and go back. So that's my purpose here on earth. I'm here as a volunteer to help humanity ascend. And that's really interesting to me because almost every career I've had has been in some kind of service to humanity. Um, I've been a teacher. I worked with um, kids in foster care. I was a yoga. Te- I am a yoga teacher. I own a yoga studio. I am a life coach. I, you know, I, everything has just kind of been in this like vein of giving and trying to help. So it all really resonated. Where it's like, oh, okay, I'm here as a volunteer. I'm here to help humanity, and that that like really makes sense to me. But my guides told me that life as a human was going to be really challenging. So first, they wanted me to go have this other life that was going to be really peaceful and really calm and really low-key so that when I came to Earth as a human, I would have those memories stored in my DNA that I could always uh, kind of lean on or revisit if I found life as a human being too stressful. So that was my second, enter my second life in my first QHHT session. So I was a blue dinosaur and I was on some other planet because we don't have blue dinosaurs here. And I was just this like big kind of lumbering. I had a really good adjective I wrote down. Ambling. That's what I wrote. Kind of the same thing. Kind of this ambling creature. I was super calm, super chill. It was the most like peaceful I've ever felt. Like I just felt this overwhelming sense of peace and calm during this part of my session. I was super cool looking. I was really big and I had those plates along my back, kind of like a, oh gosh, I, I don't remember my dinosaurs, but there's one that has plates all along the back and I had those and my head kind of had like an alligator snout where it was like long and flat and skinny, not skinny, but long and flat. And I was blue and green and iridescent and kind of shiny. And I was just this spoiled, spoiled pet. I had a very wealthy owner who had all these grounds that were fenced in. And I just wandered around and spent my days grazing and getting spoiled. And I was just this total spoiled thing. I was all my needs were met. I was taken care of. I didn't have a worry or a care in the world. I was happy and I just ate all day. And that was my life. I was just this spoiled pet. And it was super calm. And I, I wish I could explain the level of peace that I felt during this part of the session. It was really profound. So, <laughs> and then I had a little bit of a violent death. My husband always laughs at that part because I, there, I had a wealthy owner. I don't know if they were like a king or something, but this other, these other people came and invaded and I got shot with an arrow and I went through the death process in that QHHT session. I went through a tunnel and I was like, oh, this is death. And I ended up kind of spinning in outer space at the end of it. It was really interesting. Um, but yeah, what a cool, cool experience, right? And there's little things like my favorite color is blue and it's like, oh, maybe that's why I got it from that. So my purpose here 
again, is to help humanity because I felt so attached to these humans and so heartbroken that I couldn't help them at the time when I was here last. And my guide said I had to go live this calm life first. So that was my first session. And then my second QHHT session, I went in with very specific questions. It was about, I don't know, maybe like two, three years ago, maybe less than that. I don't know. Time, maybe it was like a year ago. Um, But I went in with these specific questions. So I had been dealing with infertility for a very long time. I've been trying to get pregnant for seven years. Um, At the time, because I can't remember exactly when I went, but overall, it had been like 10 years of trying seven years of trying. And I also wanted to do a body scan. So a body scan in a QHHT session is when the practitioner asks your higher self or your subconscious to scan your body and let you know if there are any diseases or illnesses or injuries or anything that you are not consciously aware of. So a lot of people go to get these because they're like, it's, it's like a, a interdimensional MRI or something, right? So one of my, one of my uh, lives was very, very short. I only lived a day. But the first life was really, really profound that I was shown. So I was this man, and I kind of looked like a wizard. I had a long white beard. I had a staff with this, not like a full ball, but like three-quarters of a ball of a crystal on top. And, again, I was not a human. This is my first life being a human, according to my higher self. So I had this skin that was like opal and opal is my birthstone, by the way, which is also interesting. So, or like that kind of iridescent prismy look of an opal or like the inside of an oyster shell, like that kind of like smooth, shiny, reflective consistency and color and pattern. So that's what my skin looked like. And I had really, really long fingers and this long white beard. And I was this older man and the the scene started off where I was just walking into the to the gates of this city and all the buildings in the city had that same opal tone as my skin did. And I was on a mission. I was I was had the sense of urgency. I had a purpose and it felt like I was upset about something like I had to go tell someone something and it was a matter of life and death and it was really, really important. So I get to this that this building that had the highest peak in the city and I go in and there's this king and I'm telling him he's trying to send my son off to war or a draft or something. And I'm, I'm, I'm begging him not to, I'm, he's like the one person that can control if my son comes home and I'm pleading with him. I'm, I'm, I'm making my case and I feel so frustrated and so passionate in the moment and so just like desperate. And he's kind of slumped off to one side, his head is on his hand and he's kind of not taking me seriously, which is making me even more frustrated. And I'm just begging and he, and like, I'm almost to tears at this point. And he tells his guards to just take me away and throw me out. So they take me away and I'm kicking and screaming now and I'm just so desperate because I don't want my son to die. And then the practitioner moved me to another important scene in this lifetime. And the first thing I was just listening to the recording again before this, because you always get a copy of the recording. The first thing I said was he's dead. And I just started sobbing uncontrollably and 
by the way, I'm in the session with my eyes closed, like an eye mask on, bawling. Like I can feel these hot tears just like gushing down my face and falling off the table. And I'm crying in the session, in the scene as well, right? But it's happening, like I'm feeling it in my my actual body that's here right now. And my son has died and he died in war, just like I was afraid he would. And I'm just, I've never felt that heartbroken in my life up until that point, at least. I probably felt it when my dog died, um, but she hadn't died at this point, which is interesting. We're going to actually talk about how she comes into all this in a moment, but I just felt so heartbroken and so angry. And I like fell to my knees and they had just dumped my son's body on my doorstep. They had just like kind of thrown it there. And I was just, Oh, I was just totally destroyed and heartbroken. And I felt so powerless and helpless. I wanted to go hurt this King, but I knew I couldn't. And I just made this vow. I made this vow that I was never going to have kids again. like, holy shit, take that in for a moment. I went for infertility issues and then I get taken to this past life. I just got goosebumps again right now saying it. I got taken to this past life where I made a vow that I would never have children again. And then after I got taken out of that scene, the practitioner was like, asked my higher self, like, why did you show Chris that scene? And it was like, Because that's why she hasn't been able to get pregnant and she hasn't had a child for many, many, many lifetimes since that. Like that was not her most recent lifetime. That was like many, many, many lifetimes ago. And she hasn't had a child since. And it was like, oh, gosh. So the practitioner was like, we break the vow. And so we did this whole thing, breaking the vow with our higher self. And then I found out that my son in that lifetime was my dog in my current lifetime. And my dog was my baby. She passed away. Oh man, it's been almost a year. It's today I'm recording this on May 16th and she passed away on May 25th. So it's been almost a year, which is just crazy to me. I made a video. If you look back several about my shared death experience with her, I just had such a profound connection with her and I had this amazing shared death experience when she passed. Um, but anyway, it was, it was her and she was my son in that life. And then it's interesting too. So my, I sent my husband to go get a QHHT session with Kaya because I was just like, this is amazing. You have to go. And he, this was after our Soda, her name was Soda Pop, our dog. <laughs> this was after Soda had passed very, very soon after. And we were grieving really hard. And um, Shane, my husband, <clears throat> he got his done and he had asked one of the questions he went with is like, what's the connection with Chris and Soda and I like, we found out he was told that we had all three of us have lived all these lifetimes together and we're soul family. And Soda had had several difficult lives in a row. So she, this life was like her break. Like she just got sent to just feel unconditional love and just be totally purely loved and just enjoy and have a break. And it made my heart so happy because we were able to give that to her. So that brought me a lot of peace. Um, so yeah. Oh, so the other thing I was going to say was the body scan. <coughs> so just make sure my mic's still on. So I did this, I had the practitioner do the body scan during my second one. Well, the practitioner asked my higher self too. And <clears throat> 
uh, my higher self said that I had a lump on my left breast, like on the top of my left breast. And when, when my higher self was talking about it, or it was me saying it, right, under hypnosis, my words, uh, I felt this energy there, just this kind of like tingling. And I remember leaving the session and calling Shane and just being like, oh my gosh, I had this amazing session. I went to these two past lives. It was so cool. I, I made this vow and then I broke it. And, and then I was like, oh yeah, and like apparently I have a lump in my breast. And he was like, what? Like, you have to go get that checked out. That is not something you mess around with. And I wasn't worried because in the session, I had been told it, it would go away on its own and it's not something I needed to worry about as long as I didn't get so wrapped up in earthly emotions and earthly drama and I focused more on my mission on this planet. So, but Shane was like, you have to, he's like, early detection is everything, go get it checked out. So I made an appointment with the Women's Health Clinic at Kaiser and the hospital here that health coverage care clinic uh, if you're not from California or the West Coast. So I was, I had this breast exam and the doctor's like, hmm, your tissue feels a little different here. Like I don't feel a mass, but it feels a little hard, a little crinkly. Like I'm going to send you upstairs for a mammogram. And I was like, right now? And she's like, yep. She's like typing in the computer. She's like, it's already ordered. Go right upstairs, take the elevator, go right now. And then in a week, you're going to go get a breast ultrasound. Like someone's going to call you to make the appointment. And I'm kind of like, <laughs> days, like waiting for the elevator, texting Shane, like, Hey, this is weird. And he, I remember he was like, are you okay? Do you need to talk? And I like, didn't even have time to answer because the elevator doors open and I'm like standing in front of this desk. And anyway, I got the mammogram and they were like, you have very dense breast tissue. We can't see anything. And Shane and I joke about that all the time. We're like, Oh, my breast tissue is so dense. Um, so they, they couldn't see anything, but I had this breast ultrasound appointment the next week. And I was watching the screen and I could see this dark spot and I could see the person who was doing the ultrasound, like measuring it. And I was like, what do you see? And she's like, oh, the doctor will tell you. Anyway, it turns out I had fiber cystic tissue that grew into a mass. And it was in the exact spot that I was told by my higher self it was under hypnosis. Turns out to be totally benign. Everything's okay. I've had a couple checkups since then. Hasn't changed. Uh, there's nothing to worry about, but like, oh, wow. Isn't that crazy? And like, what amazing proof, right? If that part's true, all of it has to be true. I had no idea I had that lump there. I had never given myself a breast exam. I, had no, I hadn't noticed it. My higher self talked about it under hypnosis. So pretty powerful stuff. So that's, that's a little story for everyone who was listening to the first part of this video, like this chick's full of shit, right? Uh, if you think it's BS, that's a good story. So, so yeah, that's my experience with QHHT. And I, oh, and I guess one more thing. Um, I used to get really, really debilitating headaches. And one of the questions I went in with is, can you ask my higher self why I'm getting these headaches? Like they would happen probably like a couple times a month and they would last for like five days at a time. It was awful. So debilitating. And I would get a couple chiropractic adjustments every week. I would get massages. I'd get acupuncture. I would go to a goscue. Like I, would do, I was doing all these things and taking Advil and using ice and using heat. And it was like all of that combined would sort of dull the pain enough to where I could like kind of function. And at first I thought it was because I was working in tech and I was on a computer all day. 
And then I left tech and went into the yoga industry and it was still happening, even though I wasn't at a computer all day. And so my mind was like, well, it must be when you look at your phone. So then I was like, oh, every time I look at my phone, I get a headache. And so I asked under QHHT and my higher self said it was really similar because I get too wrapped up in the emotions of this earthly school and I need to not get sucked into this drama, right? I need to focus on my own purpose and path. Uh, path. And the practitioner, I remember she was like, hmm, it's almost like there's so much emotion built up that there's pressure in her head. And that really resonated and to me translated into stress. And so I started thinking about the time the headaches came up. It was in 2014. I had, Shane and I had just gotten married. We bought a new house and we both got new jobs within like a three month period. And it was all positive change, but it was a stressful time. And then all my next jobs were really high stress. And I had talked myself into the idea that anytime I was at a computer for too long or looking at my phone for too long, I would get a headache. So when those things ha- when I did those things, a headache would appear. And it was just this aha moment. And so after that, I started really paying attention to when headaches would show up. And they would totally come out of the blue, seemingly out of the blue. And so I started paying attention. And I could always feel... It was either like I had been going through something stressful or I was angry or I was frustrated and I could feel this tightness in like my shoulders, my jaw, my kind of neck. And then I would also have this tightness and like I would be like clenching my like glutes, my hips and my thighs. And it was almost like everything kind of like locked all this energy in place. And so there would just create this pressure in my head. And so ever since then, anytime I feel a headache come up, Oh, I just close my eyes and I soften all my muscles and I really allow myself to feel whatever emotions are there. And I can usually stave off a headache like pretty much every time. It's amazing. Sometimes it takes a little bit of like peppermint essential oil to just really do the trick, but it's, it's pretty powerful. As you can imagine, it completely changed the the quality of my life. It's amazing. So I'm really grateful to Dolores Cannon, to Julia Cannon, to the QHHT community. It's pretty, it's pretty powerful stuff. I obviously really recommend you go get one. So there's practitioners all over the world. Um, So yeah, I'm Chris Ashley. Thanks for sticking around during those stories. Uh, head over to change your mind to change your reality.com slash order book to pre-order my book. And when you do, you'll get my course that goes along with it for free. So you, usually I charge people $897 for this course. Up until January 20th, you can get it for free when you pre-order my book. <clears throat> I'm losing my voice a little. Uh, if you're listening to this after January 20th, you can find my book on Barnes & Noble, on Amazon. It's an ebook. It's an audio. It's in paperback. Uh, what else? It's on Walmart, Google Books, Books a Million. It's all over. Change your mind to change your reality. And I hope you all have a beautiful, beautiful rest of your day. Take care. Oh, and please like, subscribe, share. Thank you.